for the 26th time. I am not Joe Flacco. This is not Joe Flacco, the podcast. God, 26. I can't believe it. We're f- Guys, I'm, I'm sorry. But Leonardo DiCaprio will no longer will no longer be seen with my podcast. It's 26. It's too old. Too many. Probably stopped listening around episode 22 or 23. So put that right across the center. Leonardo DiCaprio definitely doesn't listen to the Nacho Flacco or to Nacho Flacco the podcast. Too many episodes, man. Now the podcast is getting text messages from Toby McGuire and old Run E from Entourage. It's a shame, man. Thought we could have had Leo on. Is what it is. We do talk about Drew Locke today, though. And for the first time, I'm actually showing my work. So if you guys are curious, in the episode notes, I put two links. And those links should take you to the two different stat polls I did to... uh, Really look at Drew Locke's good side and Drew Locke's bad side. So, uh, anyway, take a look at those after the episode. Listen to the entire episode twice. Then go to the notes. Come back, listen to the episode again just to make sure you got everything. That means you've got to listen to it three times today. The uh, second segment is on Leonard Fournette and running backs and our team's getting smarter. And also some of the... I guess, I mean, I'm just finding out that there's some potentially some drama in Jacksonville as if anybody fucking cares. But I'm going to talk about it because it's Wednesday and there is nothing going on in football. So enjoy. Let's get to the podcast. Let's get one thing out of the way right now. I am not making any huge fucking judgments on Drew Locke right off the bat. I'm going to lay out some things for you. I'm going to hopefully pop some. I'm you know, if you're if you're thinking he's going to be a savior, I'm probably going to pop a bubble there. If you're thinking that five games is enough to judge him on, I might pop a bubble there. If you're thinking he reminds you of a certain 49ers quarterback who came in at the end of the season, played five games and did pretty well, and then got a really big contract and then tore his ACL the next year, and then the year after that took his team to the Super Bowl. I'm gonna probably pop a bubble, pop your pop your bubble there. So let's just get into it. But the first thing I want to say is the only thing, there's two things that concern me about Drew Locke. One, his yards per attempt. We're going to get into that. But two, he also might be an idiot. Here's a quote coming after the draft. There's nothing in fine ink as far as wins and losses just because of the people we drafted. Fine ink isn't a fucking thing. There's fine print, but that's not what you're trying to say here, is it, Drew? There's nothing written in ink, I guess is a saying. But also, we're all fundamentally aware that just because you draft some guys, they're rookies. They're going to have to come in and play. This is like, this is dumber 
than some almost anything that I've seen a rookie quarterback say. Here's how you're supposed to answer this question. Okay, uh, Drew, uh, what are your thoughts on the draft? Well, listen, I, I listen. I love getting the weapons, but we still got to go out there and play the games. I'm excited to get to work. Let's do it. Boom, you're done. But instead, there's nothing in fine ink. Oh, fuck. There's nothing in fine ink as far as wins and losses just because of the people we drafted. Jesus, man, can you imagine this guy having to fucking remember a playbook? Anyways. As you might expect, it's hard to pull comps for a player who's only started five games. And normally, you know, listen, I'm a one-man band around here. There is not a fucking research department. So everything that I pull up for you guys is shit that I pull, whether it's a good stat, a bad stat, whether it proves my point or doesn't. But because it was only five games, I ended up having to do triple the research. And so I looked at, because Drew, he's got some great numbers here. 64% completion, 4.5% touchdown percentage, under a 2% interception rate. But he only threw for 204 yards a game. And his yards per attempt was like 6.54. And we know, if you've been listening, if you're under 7, that's kind of bad news. So I split it up. I said, okay, let's just look at the good shit. Let's go uh, 64% or better, 4.5% TD percentage, and less than 2%. Let's just isolate on the shit he did well, which was he threw touchdowns pretty frequently, he completed a really solid amount of passes, and he didn't throw a lot of picks. If you're drawing up a quarterback, those are probably three of the first four things you're looking for. If you're John Elway, you're probably hoping he's also 6'8". Drew Locke is not 6'8", but I digress. So the guys on this list, again, 64% completion percentage, throwing a decent amount of touchdowns and not a lot of picks. Russell Wilson, Dak, RG3, and this is rookie years only. Russell Wilson, Dak, RG3, Big Ben, Mark Bulger, who went to the Pro Bowl one year where he threw 22 touchdowns and 22 interceptions. Let's think about that nugget for a second. And then Drew Locke. Drew Locke. I wanted to say Andrew Luck, but Drew Locke. But Drew Locke was the only guy out of Russell, Dak, RG3, Big Ben, and Mark Bulger that was under seven yards per attempt. And so again, that's a concerning stat for me. Probably more concerning than him being an idiot. Uh, is the not pushing the ball downfield. And then you look at like some of the rest of the quotes. He's like, ah, I'm looking forward to pushing the ball downfield more. And that's great. Except now we get to Jimmy G, who I don't know if you guessed, but is the 49ers quarterback I was talking about. Because Jimmy played in the same amount of games, first year in the system. It's actually a similar system. Drew Locke's quarterback, Drew Locke's offensive coordinator in his first season was um, uh, under Kyle Shanahan 
the year before. So he was a 49ers QB coach the year before. And I use Jimmy G because even though Jimmy had been in the league for a few years, he got picked up midseason by the Niners in the trade for second-round pick. Thank you, Bill Belichick. And was thrust into the starting lineup a couple weeks later. So he only had a couple weeks to learn what was a brand-new system to him. So you've got Drew Locke, who has had the offs- the training camp and uh, 11 games were 11 games worth of QB meetings and everything else to come in and learn this learn this system versus Jimmy G who was thrust into it uh, really because of injury the I mean they didn't trade for him to sit him but they also didn't plop him they didn't throw him right in right away it was a couple weeks before he got a start so Jimmy got like a training camp. Drew Locke got a training camp plus like 11 games. Uh, Jim, Okay, so for comparison's sake, right? And so this is because Drew Locke's yards per attempt is only like 6.54, which is kind of abysmal. And there's not a lot of great names on that list of guys that were rookies that had 6.54 or worse yards per attempt. And Jimmy comes in, and he throws 67% completions, seven touchdowns, same as Drew Locke, five interceptions, so a couple more, 8.8 yards per attempt. So uh, two and a quarter points, two and a quarter yards more per attempt than Drew Locke, and threw for 260 yards per game instead of 204. And you're like, well, that's just the difference in the offense and Kyle Shanahan and everything else. Well, really, it's actually kind of the same offense. But I looked at C.J. Beathard and Brian Hoyer from that season as well, and they had a 6.4 yards per attempt and a 6.1 yards per attempt. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan was necessarily dialing up a bunch of crazy shit for the guy that has only been with the team for three weeks, two weeks. So the point I'm getting at is that there's something very – that's the thing I'll be looking at. Right, I'll be looking at week by week, game by game. Is 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 his yards per attempt climbing up over seven, over seven and a half? Can he can he push it closer to eight? Because those are the numbers that that kind of tend to dictate eliteness, or at least above averageness. And because when you look at guys, and so then the, so there's three subsets, right? So I looked at the guys that had good rookies that had good stats like he did. Then I looked at Jimmy G just to be like, okay, I wonder, right? And really the only thing that clued me in was like, yeah, they both started five games and it kind of came at the end of the season and blah, blah, blah. And also I just like looking at Jimmy G. He's a handsome fellow. Um, But then I looked at, okay, rookie quarterbacks, not drafted in the first round. And all the guys on this list were drafted in the second and third rounds that made between five and ten starts. Okay, here's the list. Now, Drew Locke had a higher yards per attempt than all of these guys, but not by much. So here's the list. Nick Foles, C.J. Beathard, who we've talked about, Mason Rudolph. And even though Mason Rudolph wasn't a rookie when he started, it was his first year playing, so we'll just kind of call it his 
rookie playing year. Uh, Charlie Fry, Quincy Carter, Andrew Walter, and Trent Edwards. If you're thinking, who the fuck are those guys? I don't blame you. The only guy that I'd expect you, there's two guys on there I'd expect you to know, Nick Foles and Mason Rudolph, mostly because they played this year. Everybody else is basically, CJ Beathard was the third, he's third on the Niners depth chart. So Nick Foles, Mason Rudolph are really the two the two guys that got any run last year. Everybody else was out of football or didn't play. So you've got some things. Again, God, there's nothing in fine ink. Just continues to fucking bug me. So you've got three data points here. You've got the good things he does well, and the good things he does well are up there with some of the very, very good quarterbacks that we've ever seen. Big Ben. Russell Wilson, Dak being a tier below, even though I'm starting to come around on Dak. RG3 had a phenomenal rookie year. Mark Bulger, fairly underrated career. Probably one of those guys that shouldn't be forgotten. You know, went to two Pro Bowls. And then Drew Locke. So Drew Locke's not as good as those guys from a statistical standpoint. He's better than the Nick Foles, C.J. Beathard, Mason Rudolph crew. All right? But he's still only started five games, and then there's that damn yards per attempt that's sitting in the middle. And then you've got the weapons. And he didn't. So they went out and they drafted two. They drafted a lot of people's number one wide receiver on the board and Jerry Judy. Hamler, who my buddy Doug says could be even better than Henry Ruggs. And they picked up Melvin Gordon in free agency. So there aren't good. Oh, and oh, and they went and got Pat Shermer, who's got a long history of, you know, being a very solid offensive coordinator. If not a, if if not a fan, certainly not a fantastic head coach, but but a, a very solid offensive coordinator. So there aren't a ton of excuses this year for him not to be at least okay. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too high and mighty over the four and one to finish the season thing. Especially when you know the defense is, you know, that was a top ten defense. So here's, uh, I'll, I'll just sum it up like this: There's enough to like about him that if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm intrigued. There's enough to not like about him to make me think, ah, do I do I really need to go buy this fucking guy's jersey? Maybe let's wait a year. Right? Are there plenty of other guys on that team I'd buy their jerseys first? Cortland, uh, Cortland Sutton, Judy, Philip Lindsay, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. Tons of these guys. I'm waiting on Drew Locke. I'm not dropping the 200 bucks or 300 bucks, whatever the custom jerseys, the the authentic jerseys are these days. I'm not spending the 300 bucks on a Drew Locke jersey just yet. Let's, you know, let's see how he does this year. But at the same time, you probably got to, listen, he's your quarterback. You're going to be excited about it. Just don't go buy the jersey. Save your fucking money. 
So yesterday I touched on all of the guys that from twenty the twenty eighteen draft that I thought would and would not have their fifth year option picked up. And one of the guys from the twenty seventeen draft that is no longer under contract after the twenty twenty season is Leonard Fournette. And the reason I bring up Fournette is because, you know, I think I there's there's a couple things, right? There's a this might be evidence. There's, a, there's the, between the Fournette thing and then uh, was it J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Rowling, whatever the fuck his name is, um, that teams might be getting smarter about this whole quarterback, you know, taking running backs in the first round thing. So I'll talk about the 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 Dobbins thing first. There's a meme going around. I might even I'll probably end up turning it into a meme um, tomorrow morning. So you might wake up to it is basically, you know, Dobbins had a better year than Zeke did his senior year, his last year at Ohio State. And Dobbins went with the 55th pick, and Zeke went, what, fourth, fifth overall? And I think it just goes to show that teams are saying, okay, drafting running backs that high is probably a bad idea. Well, Leonard Fournette was taken fourth overall. And the Jaguars are now looking at him and going, shit, (laughs) is this, do we want to saddle ourselves with this, right? Because not only, you know, he's going to want to raise, he's going to want a a nice big contract, and he should, right? He's got to, this is a dangerous game, he's got to go protect his family. I'm not begrudging these running backs a single dollar. I hope they make all the money in the world. But if you're a fan of these teams, you should be scared shitless of anybody that's investing big money in running backs. You know, it's just not how the game is. It's not how games are won these days. So the Jaguars flip-flopping, I think with the same administration, I think the same guy that drafted Fournette is also the guy that's saying, okay, maybe we don't need to pick up your fifth-year option. And so that's a sign of growth to me. But then I come across, you know, this whole, I come across this article where it says, Dave Caldwell, Jaguars GM. Jaguars are moving forward with Leonard Fournette. Well, of course you fucking are. You couldn't trade him. You did everything you could to trade him. You hung a big red for sale sign on him and nobody wanted him. And would you, I mean, would you even give up a fourth round pick for a guy that is only going to be on your, on your team for one more season, especially, especially the running back position. So no wonder they couldn't trade him because he was available. And then he tries to downplay it by saying there were just some minor discussions with that, but nothing substantial throughout the draft or prior to the draft. Yeah, there were minor discussions because every person you called said no. That's how minor discussions work. Do you want Fournette? No. We had a minor discussion. (laughs) No, you didn't. You got fucking shot down, bro. I think the mindset is that we're going to go forward with Leonard on the team. I had a good talk with him on Friday. I know Coach Marone has had some discussion with him, He seems to be in great shape and mental frame of mind. 
and we feel that he'll have a great season this year. Well, yeah, I'm sure he's fucking pumped. The, the market for the position he plays is drying up. His own team doesn't want to guarantee even one more season from him at an average of the top 10 salaries in the league. But yeah, I'm, oh, and by the way, he plays for the fucking Jaguars. Oh, I'm sure he's just in a real peachy mood all the time. Then the article goes on to say, there's also a question of fit between Fournette and quarterback Gardner Minshew II. Fournette had publicly lobbied the team to sign Cam Newton. And coach Doug Marone has acknowledged that the two players will have to find a way to work things out. Here's how that conversation is going to go. Why did you think the Jaguars should sign Cam Newton? Oh, I don't know, because he's a former MVP, and if he's healthy, he's better than you? Glad we could work this out, Gardner. I'm sure they're on the same page. They're both professional guys. I'm sure a lot of it was taken out of context from my understanding. No. No, pretty sure it wasn't. We should sign Cam Newton. (laughs) Sure, but don't you have Gardner? Oh, we should sign Cam Newton. Gardner's a tremendous leader. I think Leonard will do his best and put his best foot forward. I don't, to my knowledge, I don't know what's taken place, but I'm sure it won't be an issue. Yeah, because these guys both have to go make money and they're going to be professionals and everything else. But let's not pretend these guys are going to like... Let's not pretend this is actually going to be a thing because the Jaguars aren't going to be good. And Leonard Fournette's not going to be there after next year. So if I could put my if I could put money on Leonard Fournette starting less than 8 games this season and coming down with like a hamstring tweak that just bothers him or a high ankle sprain that bothers him. That's what I would do. Your team, you've got no guaranteed money past this year. You don't let this team run you into the ground to go four and twelve. No fucking chance. So anyway, those are my thoughts on Leonard Fournette. If you've made it this far, I appreciate it. I hope you liked what I had to say. If you didn't like it, I hope you come back next week and hear more of the stupid shit that comes out of my mouth. Thanks for listening. Go ahead, like, subscribe, review, whatever you got to do. Help me get that podcast clout. Thanks, guys.